Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Hey, you've tuned into I Work For Him, the mouthpiece of the faith and work movement. We're your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Thank you so much for being with us today. You know, I wanted to highlight our Awaken Podcast Network today. So if you go to awakenpodcastnetwork.com, there you will find already collected for you more than 135 different podcasts, all speaking to different angles of the faith and work conversation. So it's pretty amazing. And we would love for you to plug in there and maybe find someone that's in your field or your area of influence that can maybe help you walk a little further along in this journey. So awakenpodcastnetwork.com. You know, starting a new business isn't easy, and it's not for everyone. Even if you are called to start a new business, there are plenty of things that you need to do that most people are not equipped to do. If the e-myth is correct, you got into business because you are really good at a certain skill, but in order to sell that skill and make the maximum amount of money, you have to learn to do a ton of other stuff. You need to learn accounting, management, marketing, and a whole bunch of other things. Perhaps the most important is how do you get everyone to know about how awesome your business is? Well, Dr. Jason Baca is here today to share his Jesus story and a few tips on how to make that transition as a Jesus-following business entrepreneur fit into the whole equation of running a great business. Dr. Jason Baca, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you for having me. First of all, why a doctorate? I mean, wow, holy smokes, you're a business guy and I got a doctorate. That just seems a little intense to me. Yeah, the uh, doctorate degree was kind of, um, it was one of those one thing led to another. So I did undergrad, swore I was done. And then about two or three months before graduation, I felt the Holy Spirit kind of knocking like, you should do more school. So then I did more school and then I swore I was done and then came back around and this doctoral program thing opened up and felt like the Lord led me to jump in it. So I jumped in it four years later ended up with a degree. So see a lot <laughs> of people say one thing leads to another and that's how you're on your way to having four children. Not, <laughs> not a doctorate degree. Well first he birthed a few degrees. That's right. So well that's great. What is your what is your doctorate in, may I ask? Uh, strategic leadership. Excellent. Very cool. Yeah, <laughs> which has nothing to do with business per se, which all the more complicates the thing. Yeah. <laughs> well you no, know, it does it does have a lot to do with business. We should be strategic in our leadership. All right, but okay, so let's Let's just we have we have a rule for people that have a doctor in front of their name uh, that uh, no five syllable words allowed on the show. If you say a five syllable word, I'm going to stop you and make you describe it. Okay, all right. Listen, let's let's <laughs> get good. back. Let's just fair enough. <laughs> let's get back to focusing on Jesus here for a second. How how and why did you become a Jesus follower? What is your Jesus story? Yeah, uh, it's a long one. So I'll just kind of give you the quick little highlight reel uh, without giving too many details of all of my past crimes and all the things that I used to do before I knew Jesus. Uh, So I grew up um, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. That's where I grew up and grew up running in some wrong circles. Let's just say that. And by, by high school, I was not only doing drugs, but selling drugs and committing a host of other crimes uh, <laughs> as a lifestyle. And then, um, again, I'll skip over a huge story, but one way or another, uh, by God's providence, ended up back in church as a part of the youth choir for the youth group. And at one of the conferences that they were having, 
uh, one night God just like got a hold of my heart and it was like for the first time God was like real. It wasn't just this thing I had heard about, like the, the, the PowerPoint, you know, with the lyrics of the songs during worship just felt like they were just jumping off the screen at me. And I was this big, weepy, blubbery mess uh, throughout the entire worship service. And uh, somebody came up to me and just like spoke quite prophetically, just saying, I know you feel this way and I know this is going on. And I'm just like, you know, Mm -hmm. and that night I just said, Jesus, I give you my life. And so instantly, like addictions broken, instantly walked away from that whole life, uh, which not everybody who I was running with, as we, you know, say, they were not all a big fan of me, like just leaving this whole life of drugs and violence and all of these things. Um, And I almost immediately like jumped into Bible school. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. I went from like, you know, drug dealer to Bible school student in, in a matter of probably two months, something like that. It was, it was really quick. Um, wow. And then I just, you know, that was 15, 16 years ago, and I have not looked back since. So, mm. you know, it's so encouraging to hear how God moves. You know, a lot of people, um, we don't understand where God may just take that situation where you got invited or brought into a situation just when your heart was ready to, to hear from Him yourself and have that transformation. So, as you then, um, you know, went into a, a work career, whatever you want to call that. How well, at first he had his study career. Well, he had know. the study career that lasted quite a while. But in there, I'm, am, I'm assuming somehow you were having to earn in a living. Um, but who taught you or how did you learn to connect your faith, this new faith you had with the work that you were doing? Yeah, great question. I feel like it was kind of more progressive than anything. Um, Early on, especially, and those who are kind of more entrepreneurially wired, uh, maybe they can relate to this. I was a really bad employee, like for a long time. I just, (laughs) you know, it's 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 like either mentally just not engaged or feeling like, man, I I wouldn't do it that way, or the leadership this or that, and Mm -hmm. I just was not always fully present or giving myself over to you know whether no matter what the job was. Um, I just was not a really good employee. I, I, I would not say that I adequately reflected, um, you know, hard work and commitment and putting others before myself at all. And I feel like it was a kind of a progressive process where the Lord really kind of corrected me and showed me even uh, Colossians chapter three, I believe uh, the verse about doing all things unto the mm-hmm. Lord, right? And so it really was kind of a progressive thing, just providentially God teaching me to to see like my work and what I do as a service and as unto the Lord and really start to value that in ways that I I mean I'm sure all my ex employers would gladly get on this podcast and say yeah he's right he was not a good yeah. employee yeah I get for that. a so, long time so what does the Lord have you doing on a day to day basis so now uh, yeah as an entrepreneur um, so now I help Christian coaches. Uh, get clients and fill up their coaching programs, like the marketing side of things, the sales side of things of building a coaching business, and specifically through Clubhouse, the platform of Clubhouse. So there's got to be a backstory, though, because everybody who's a successful entrepreneur has some rough times. They don't just waltz into leading people to success and helping them grow their businesses. There's always a little bit of rocks and gravel and puddles and deep holes and things like that. When we come back, I'd really like you to teach us, tell us some of that, Jason. Tell us some of that story that led you to be where you are today. 
We're talking today with Dr. Jason Baca. You can check him out online, drjasonbaca.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to I Work For Him. Hang on. You know the kind of person that always tells you about the latest trends or the special deals around town? Well, lean in because here's a message from that kind of person. The Awaken Podcast Network is the place to be. Go to awakenpodcastnetwork.com and unlock God's purpose for your work with help from some friends. You will find a gathering place of podcasts that provide simple tools, faith stories, and conversations that will inspire and equip you to vibrantly live out your faith in your work today. Go ahead, check out awakenpodcastnetwork.com and then be that kind of person and tell a friend. Hey, welcome back to I Work For Him. As we're talking today with Dr. Jason Baca online, drjasonbaca.com. That's pretty easy. B-A-C-A is the last name, drjasonbaca.com. All right, listen, Jason, everybody who has a successful business usually has some rough times before they get there. A few failures, a few mud puddles that ended up being 100 feet deep. Talk to us about what the process that took you through to be the kind of business guy you are today. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, usually, the first time somebody steps up to swing in a baseball bat, they don't hit a home run over the fence, which is what we all implicitly expect. I don't know why, but we just always assume the first time I step up, I'm just going to crush it over the fence. Uh, so I started off in business, uh, I mean, even when I was a little kid, but the real legit like first business I had, uh, I was co-owned and operated a Quiznos franchise. Oh, man, love uh, their For those subs. who remember Quiznos, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. <laughs> One of Subway's biggest competitors. Uh, and it was a complete disaster. I had no idea what I was doing. My business partner, we were both 21 years old at the time, uh, got in way over our heads. Uh, Quiznos is not around, so far as I know, you know, which would, is evidence of the fact that it was kind of a bad business model. But we didn't know that, like when we jumped in, we should have known that. Uh, And so then that was like the first of several failures at business, Uh, some of them bigger than others. Uh, But what I kind of, the common thread through all of that, that started to kind of reveal itself was there was a lot of the stuff about business I'm not good at. But the one thing that was like, I feel like this is the consistent thing that seems to work out well is the acquisition of clients and customers, so to speak, like the marketing mm-hmm. side of things, mm-hmm. the leading people to uh, the business. And so that's ultimately, you know, over time, it just kind of refined down, refined down, refined down. And that's what I do now is I help other businesses with the acquisition side. Mm. You know, it's so good when you can find that common thread that is working well in the midst of hardship. So in that, when you were dealing with, you know, Edison, tried a lot of things before he had success with the light bulb. But I think about the, the lessons that are learned. How did you keep your faith strong during those really tough times? Yeah. Um, so I guess I would say twofold. Number one, uh, I just didn't know what else to do. Like I couldn't, mm-hmm. like it, for those who are kind of more entrepreneurially gifted or, or wired, I should say, it's like you can't help but to want to start something. You know, you can't, yeah. even if, Failure after failure after failure. Yeah, there's those times where you're discouraged and you're depressed and you're like, maybe God hasn't called me to do this or maybe I'm not any good at this. And that lasts for a little while until you get the next bright idea and you're like, oh, that would be so cool. Like, you know, part of the perseverance over the years for me has just simply been like innate. I, I just not been able to, to not do it. Uh, and secondly, uh, I would say uh, from a more spiritual side is you know, the pattern that you see all throughout the Bible 
is that when God makes a promise to somebody, usually almost immediately after God says something, their life looks nothing like what God said, right? For <laughs> yes. a while. It immediately so goes into you... a desert experience. <laughs> life right, sucks yeah. just usually after that. Because we try to help God. We're like, okay, if that's God, what God wants me to do, let me just help God along the way. That creates a exactly. desert experience. And yeah. it's usually a process, right? To use like preacher phrases, the alliteration. There's the promise and there's the, um, the payoff. But in between is the process. And it's usually not immediately. So for me, that's what it's been. It's just the graciousness of God kind of allowing me through the process to grow and take, take my licks and bumps and bruises and, and teach me and show me his faithfulness through it all. So it's, it's just by God's grace that I'm <laughs> keep going. So in the midst of that, how did you protect your marriage relationship and your family? Yeah, so I've married a little over 11 years now. We got three babies, one, another one coming. Yay. And uh, yeah, the as simple as it is, honestly, this is something I learned back in, in Bible college from a professor I really loved. Uh, he just talked about like the hierarchy of priority in life, mm-hmm. right? Number one priority, no matter what, is the Lord. Like the Lord is first and foremost in all things, right? Number two, underneath that is your marriage. Like there's nothing more important than next to your relationship with God than your relationship with your spouse, then kids, then, uh, you know, the church, the body of Christ, your work, all, everything else kind of falls in place after that. And so it's only when we get those things all flipped and mixed and turned upside down that we really start to experience these problems in life. And so I think just keeping a focus of like God first, Kelly, my wife's name is Kelly, Kelly second, kids third, you know, body of Christ work by, I haven't been perfect at it, but by yeah, your wife called right focus. before the show. Your wife called right before the show and said, <laughs> "Yeah, we talking like, about let that? me tell you something." And what's really important in what you just said is that it's very important that a lot of people put God and then family and then work, but it's very important to break out God and spouse and then children because mm. kids need to know they're not as important as your spouse. They need to know there's a pecking order because they're going to cruise one day, but your spouse isn't. Mm. All right, right, so you help entrepreneurs with get out of the stress of marketing. But you don't just work with anyone. Why? Mm. Well, what, what, how has God shown you who's the perfect client for Dr. Jason Baca? Yeah, this has been a controversial topic because sometimes out of context, what I say is uh, I, I only work with Christians. Like I only help Christians build their businesses because specifically I work with Christian coaches. And it's kind of controversial because that sounds like something a Christian would say, right? I only keep to myself, right? We keep to our own. And it kind of plays into that stigma. But the reason for me is because of the uniqueness of kind of the coaching online business industry, right? You're selling information essentially, or you're selling um, outcomes, promised Mm -hmm. results. And what I found when I was kind of like getting into this whole online business building coaching space is that there were a lot of people who needed help getting clients and building their businesses who ultimately through their coaching were like taking people away from God. And, you know, uh, the most glaring examples would be people who are launching coaching businesses around, you know, uh, tarot card reading or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. It's not always so overt, but that's essentially it. And I, I found myself on these coaching calls with clients to help them give them some marketing strategies and realizing sometimes not even till halfway through, like, oh, that's what you do, or that's how you do what you do. And uh, 
I just finally had to make a rule for myself that it's like, unless you're a Christian and I can trust that we're on the same page theologically, that we worship the same God and that I'm not going to be surprised at some point by <laughs> finding out that you, you know, help people in this other way that's opposed to the gospel. Um, you know, I can really only help those types of people. So it's really, yeah, it's impacted my business greatly. You know, and I imagine that our listeners in their own area of influence, whatever their um, occupation or their job or if they're entrepreneurs, whatever their business might be, you know, this is a moment to kind of ask yourself that same question. Am I helping to only propel things that honor the gospel? You know, it doesn't mean that every layer down, everyone is believers, but if they have a product that you're helping them to promote, is it contradicting what you would ever want to promote. And I can imagine that 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 was a tough process and other people hearing it, like you said, if they don't know your heart and they don't know it in context, um, it can sound very narrow road. uh, But um, it is a narrow road. It's Jesus. He said the narrow road. And it's hard to teach people how to pray if they're not praying to Jesus. It's hard to teach people how to have your business centered on Christ if they don't know Jesus which does give you an opportunity to share your faith all the time. You know, Jason, you teach a simple three-step framework. That's what you told me, at least. A three-step framework that helps Christian entrepreneurs get out from under all of the marketing stress and overwhelming feelings of that typically comes along with starting a business. So they can finally start building the business they feel God called them to build. When we come back, I want to know, how come you give away those secrets instead of just being a consultant? And then we're going to ask you a couple of tough questions. You're listening to I Work For Him. With your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg, as we talk with Dr. Jason Baca, check him out online, drjasonbaca.com. Maybe you want to become a Christian coach. A I like to, We don't use the word Christian a lot on iWorkRim. How about a coach that's a Jesus follower or a Jesus follower coach? Either way, if you listen to iWorkRim, we'll be right back. Want to build a profitable side hustle that impacts people with truth and healing in themselves and in their leadership? Then look at becoming a certified leadership coach with Giant. Giant has been in the leadership space for over 13 years and has over 500 coaches in over 127 countries. Their coaches are being hired by Fortune 500 companies and organizations like I Work For Him. Martha and I took the Giant Sherpa training under one of these great coaches to become leaders worth following. Giant gives you everything you need to start your own coaching business from scratch, like hands-on training from top-level coaches, access to an all-in-one online platform to run your entire coaching business, and you get to join a thriving community of coaches around the world. To get started, Giant is hosting a coaching business workshop to help you learn how to build a successful coaching business. This workshop is 100% free, and you can reserve your spot by going to giant.tv forward slash iWorkForHim. If you're ready to impact people and get paid to do it, go to giant.tv forward slash I work for him. That's giant.tv forward slash I work for him. Hey, welcome back to I work for him. Today we talk with Dr. Jason Baca. He is a, well, what, what, what do you, how do you describe yourself? You're a coach of coaches. Is that what you are? Basically, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> wow, that's good. You should have one of those crowns like I'm a coach of coaches. All right. So as I said at the, at, right before the break, is that you've got the three-step framework to help Christian entrepreneurs get out from under all the marketing stress and overwhelming feelings, but you really, you work with Christian coaches to help them obtain clients, which is the most stressful part of being a coach. You need clients in order to make money. And you teach a, three, a simple three-step framework. 
why give all the secrets away when you could just be a consultant and they could pay you to help them mm. get this done? Yeah, that's a great question, especially because a lot of times, uh, you know, we struggle with well, how much should we give away for free? Uh, how much should I do for free versus how much should I get paid for, et cetera? Uh, the reality is like not everybody in the world is going to be a client of mine, right? For a myriad of reasons. But I wouldn't want a, a paywall or the simple fact that you just couldn't get in contact with me to be the reason why you couldn't build the business God wanted you to build, right? It's the same reason why people will offer their books away, give away for free, right? Even though they have like a back end to their business. So for me, giving away the three-step framework, uh, specifically how it works on Clubhouse, how to get clients is in my heart, like, I just want to see God's people win. I want to see, you know, if God has put in somebody's heart to build a business, um, I just want to see them win and do it because I struggled, as I mentioned, for so many years to, to get something up off the ground. So yeah, it's really just a gift to the God's people. That's who, who I'm interested in helping to get going, get some traction and do what God has called them to do. You know, I hear a, a tone of generosity in what, you're, in what you're saying too. And I think that's such a great example. So can you give us like, I don't know if these, if one of the steps you can give us, like, is it, I, not everybody listening may be on Clubhouse. So I don't know if it's relevant or not, but what would one of those steps be? Yeah, it, it's the three steps really are how you can get clients and get customers into your business in general. Okay. I just specifically hone in and apply it to those who are in Clubhouse. Great. But the three steps are you got to get on stage, right? So that could be literal or figurative, but you have to get in front of your, your ideal clients, right? Number two is you got to say something valuable or provide something valuable. This establishes your authority, your expertise, really helps people up front, even if it's just a change in thinking. And then step number three is offer off-app help or off-stage help, meaning how can you continue to help somebody after the stage is over, after mm -hmm. you're done speaking, right? And so a lot of times that's grab, you know, a free book or a free session, a free masterclass, something like that. You keep pouring on the help and that, that gets people like literally just showing up in your inbox saying, hey, I found you and I heard you and you helped me, this, that, or whatever. And it just gets you connected to where ultimately you can then uh, make a, a paid for offer. Mm. You know, you have such a great demeanor and I appreciate that about you. And I am imagining that there's some people that are thinking even right now, I want to hear more about this. So listeners, um, just go to drjasonbaca.com and you can find out um, what he's up to these days and where you can maybe connect with him to get some help for yourself. But you know, it's really, it's for all of us, whether we interact with you and do business with you or not, just hearing your heart of how God has used the transformation in your life to help transform others and to be very authentic in promoting um, people that are, are doing God's work. And I love that about you. So in all of this work that you're doing and the busyness that you have, how do you keep your work from being an obsession in your life when you have a busy family and you have a marriage? Yeah. Uh, well, what you just hit on is something that I have struggled with a lot, which is the, that keyword obsessed. Mm. I cannot tell you how many times, uh, and, and this is true for anybody who's like really tied to their work or the outcomes of their work. Um, it just, it's just something you constantly think about, right? Or I wake up sometimes two o'clock in the morning and I just have a thought and then it just, and I'm just now I'm laying in bed at two o'clock in the morning thinking about marketing, you know, <laughs> these, these sort of things. 
And uh, honestly, it's a constant surrender to the Lord that, you know, ultimately God is God, right? And we are not. And as yes, we should be diligent. We should be hard workers. All of that is true. And at the same time, unless the Lord builds it, the workers work in vain, right? That's what the Bible says. And so for me, it's just been a simple discipline of not allowing my business, my job, money, anything like that to become an idol or take take the place in of that hierarchy, God, all of uh, marriage, all of those things, and then just constantly surrendering it to the Lord and saying, Lord, this is yours. Do with it what you will. But what role does Kelly play in that? Does she have permission to smack you upside the head and say, hey, don't forget we're married. We got kids. <laughs> yes. Uh, so by God's grace, we've been able to, like all of our decisions are mutual, right? So there, there's nothing that either one of us does, whether it's money I've invested in my own coaching um, you know, spending money on marketing, running ads, any of that stuff. It's always a mutual conversation. And uh, we, we always take those steps together. So um, it's difficult for the business and all of those things to really, uh, you know, assert itself above the family or above the marriage when the marriage is the priority and you're mm-hmm. doing everything together. All right. So final question of the day. You know, everybody who's a great, you know, as you're living out your faith and your work, you need there's got to be something that is pouring in somebody or somebody or some organization that's pouring into your life. Do you, do you, how do you keep your iron sharp? Is it a peer group you belong to? Do you have a mentor? I mean, what's, what's going on? Yeah. So obviously we're a part of a church. Uh, you know, we have spiritual leaders in our lives, but honestly, you know what, uh, this right here, the phone, uh, there's a, an app called Voxer. Have you guys ever heard of Voxer? Yes. It's like a voice voice note app. You you send voice messages back and forth. I have two of my best friends. Their names are Mitch and Will. Mitch and Will, how's it going? Um, we have been uh, sending Vox messages, uh, voice notes back and forth since 2000, I think 16 now. So it's been like eight years where we literally talk almost daily. Both of them are pastors uh, and they don't live. None of us live where each other lives or have not for the past eight years. And that has really kept me grounded, like just simply having guys in my corner and we're staying in, in daily talk and, and dialogue. And God has used them so much to um, really correct me or open my eyes to this or that, encourage me when I was down and felt like quitting. And so, yeah, I think having a close group of godly believers who are you're doing life with, as cliche as that sounds, uh, really is a difference maker in going the distance. Mm, that accountability. That's great. Mm-hmm. Dr. Jason Bach, and we've covered a lot of territory, but we're out of time. Please check out Jason online at drjasonbacca.com, drjasonbacca.com. Learn those three secrets, eliminating marketing stress and the overwhelming feeling of being an entrepreneur. Get connected to a whole bunch of other really awesome people at drjasonbacca.com. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. This has been amazing. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. Did you know that God has a calling on your life? It's true. He's called you to bring Jesus to the world. For some, that may look like a pulpit or a foreign mission field, but for most of us, it looks like a construction site, a cubicle, a hospital, or a classroom. Wherever it is that you work, live, volunteer, and invest, that is your mission field. To learn more about integrating your faith into your work and retirement, check out our books, I Work For Him, She Works For Him, and I Retire For Him by going to iworkforhim.com bookstore.
Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit IWorkForHim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online, IWorkForHim.com. I Work the number four, him.com.